and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Pardon the light sun in the back of us. I didn't realize that was on. If you're blinded by the light, not just because I'm in the screen, but because that light is ridiculous, I'm going to shut it off momentarily. But I first have to get into why we're here. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Boomstick XL, and we have a rock-solid show to you for you today, uh, we're a little light on panel members. Um, I was going to drop a line to I Steal Rain. I don't know if he's still working from home. I'm going to drop that link because you know what? Every time we get Pong and Steel together, there's always a chance that uh, it's going to be a 19-hour podcast. Unfortunately for you fine folks, my back couldn't handle it. Last night, ladies and gentlemen, if you missed out, we did for the first time ever a dual podcast show where we had Colt Eastwood, uh, obviously you know who Colt Eastwood is, for the first 90 minutes of primetime gaming, and then we transitioned over to the XN, uh, the XNC podcast, which is what he does on Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it was a great three and a half hours. The only thing, folks, is your boy, Boom, is hurting today. Uh, I had to take the muscle relaxes because sitting down for that long – uh, a couple times I went off camera. It's because I'm doing the old man stretch. Uh, 51, folks, and a surgically repaired back. Not that good for sitting too long, but we are back. We are here. Boom is, you know, he, he did his Pilates stretching today. I feel a little bit better. Not 100%, but I can sit here and talk to you about video games, which is what we are going to do. Ponzo, my God. We haven't seen you in what seems like 18 months, and you're back. Welcome, yep. brother. Great show on Saturday with I Steel Rain. Uh, once again, guy. I mean, listen, look, I have to say this. If you're a fan of this show, if you respect the work that I do, if more importantly, you respect the opinions that I put out there, there's none bigger than the one I'm going to say right now. And that is you, you, you got to tune in on Saturday mornings. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m., Living Split Screen. It is a phenomenal podcast where Pong Soul and Steel Rain leave it on the mat every Saturday morning. Um, Pong, thanks for being here, brother. Great to have you back in the last week. Real life kind of punch you in the gut. Uh, obviously, work. Uh, I know you don't want to be at work. I know you'd rather be here talking games. And it was happened to be a big one because we were talking about, you know, the shenanigans known as PlayStation Plus revamp. But it's great to have you back, brother. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is awesome to be back. Yeah, real life is, uh, hey, this is what it is, boom. Like you said, Got to pay the bills, man. So, uh, you know, this is this is kind of where we're at at this point. I'm going to be in and out, but it is great to be back. I love talking games, of course. If I could get paid to do this, I'd be doing this five days, six days, seven days a week. <laughs> so for eight hours a day, I don't care. Steele and I have talked about that. We do a whole show from morning until afternoon. I don't care. Uh, no, it's awesome. Uh, this video game industry is ramping up. We are coming up towards E3 um and so the news is starting to fly and you gotta love yeah. that that's that's what we do this for uh is those is all of this uh great information coming out about the hobby that we so much enjoy uh my dog's playing with her squeaky ball because she hates me talking so um anyways <laughs> uh love you all missed you all but we got some great topics boom we're a little light on the panel but we got vj showing up geez between the three of us we could have a 10-hour show easy let's go Let's do this. Oh, so we actually have uh, Boxenberger. He has returned. Uh, welcome, Boxenberger. How you doing, man? 
What's up, guys? What's up? Doing good? Was a little stressful to get here, but I made it just in time. So, yeah, can't wait for, for a great show. Um, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, it's great to have you back. And we have a lot of great topics to get into. And, of course, the best one of the bunch, the one that is the linguist, the biggest brain of us all, VJ has returned as well. VJ, how the hell are you, man? I'm really good, Boom. Um, sorry I missed last week, and I'm um, looking forward to today's show. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it, it, it's again, listen, you know, real life folks, uh, sometimes we can get everybody here and it's just a rock and solid podcast, and sometimes real life punches in the face, and well, you know, that's real life for us, but everyone is going to have a big opinion for today. And folks, listen, we're going to open up with some breaking news. Um, obviously, the Unreal Engine is now officially available. Uh, there was a big Unreal Engine 5 from Epic Games uh, um, uh, stream about an hour ago. Uh, we got a chance to revamp what we saw the Coalition do uh, with the Unreal Engine 5. I have that here, which I'm going to pause this uh, Titanfall footage momentarily and you know let everyone get a chance. Let's say, for instance, you missed it eight months ago. Here it is for you. Uh, and we're going to get into why this is a big deal. Uh, and uh, you know what? Let me pause this footage real quick. And let me bring up that footage. So just in case, folks, if you missed it, I'm not going to do the whole presentation from Unreal with Sweeney and the rest of the guys, which they're awesome. That thing is four hours long. It's, so. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, there you go. So here is... You know what? Listen, folks, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I will play it in a second. For some reason, I can't mute it. I don't know why that is. I don't want to take a chance of uh, getting a strike. So I'm, I'm just going to we'll, – we'll discuss it anyway. Listen, the bottom line is this. Uh, it's going to be in the show notes if you want to check it out. Uh, it was from the, uh, the Xbox channel, so it's unlikely that they would hit me with a strike. But, you know, obviously, I, I don't want to take a chance because, obviously, you know, I work real hard on this channel. But needless to say, we got to get into what this means. Uh, again, the demo is eight months old, um, but it is running on the Xbox Series X. That is something to be said. Uh, the, the, what we saw, the presentation that, uh, that, was, uh, that the coalition showed us, uh, was incredibly impressive. This is, mind you, this is eight months old. I can only imagine what it looks like now, Pom. Um, and uh, what I'm interested to get with you, know, in your opinion on this, is that if there is one team in the now going to be 34 studios that Microsoft has, this is the one team that you want not only making the next Gears of War and whatever else they could make be making, because we understand that they are doing a smaller Unreal Engine project that may or may not be Gears-related. Uh, this is the team you want uh, putting your best foot forward. Obviously, we know that there has been multiple reports where uh, people from the Coalition have been out on loan to other studios to help them with the Unreal Engine 5. That's that's not a, even a suggestion. That's an actual fact. Uh what confidence 
do you walk away with seeing this demo again, folks? It's eight months old, and maybe people won't take into you know they're like, well, it's eight months old. Boom, who cares? Well, I care because if they did that eight months ago and it looks like it was done yesterday, I can only imagine what they're doing now. Pong, what what should people expect from the next gears? But more importantly, the unannounced project. Well, the whole thing with the coalition is you have what we can only consider masters of the Unreal Engine 5. And we've seen time and time again them push the limits and the boundaries of what that engine is capable of doing. Uh, they certainly did that in the past. Uh, I mean, again, go go back and look at Hive Busters, for God's sakes. Um, it, it's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, some of the best graphics you will ever see. So what we can expect in the future is that they're going to take Unreal Engine 5 as the masters they are, and they're going to make it their own, right? Yeah. And they're going to customize it like they always have. They work hand-in-hand hand with Epic um, and then take the tools and adjust them as needed to suit what they want out of that engine. And there's not, not every studio can do that. The great thing about Unreal Engine 5 and the awesome part about this presentation, what got me so excited, as me, as a non-dev guy, a guy who has never touched programming since the <laughs> apple 2e okay right i look You're at showing unreal... your age there man <laughs> i am and i don't care but i look at unreal engine 5 in that presentation today and i was like i could hop in there and start doing some stuff yeah. that's what unreal engine 5 is doing just for the ease of use the ease of use all of incredible and, and, and you know what it proves folks here, here here it is on the screen for you yeah, I'm going to run the video a couple of times while we do the topic. Look, look at the look what's in front of you. Now, I, I understand that this is, you know, there are cameras specifically set to make it look this amazing. But this is this is the kind of graphics you're going to get in a lot of the Microsoft first party games because they are adapting the Unreal Engine. I mean, the Unreal Engine 5 is coming uh, to the game from the. Um, uh, from Hellblade 2 is going to have uh, an Unreal Engine 5. Um, Ninja Theory, In Exile, Coalition. Uh, who else? Bo- who else, Boxenberger? We have DJ. a few. We, uh, yeah, uh, Col- yeah State uh, of Decay is made in Unreal 5. Yep. Um, yep. All the Obsidian Un- games are, Unreal. are using Unreal. We have Double Fine is using Unreal. Yep. Yeah, um, it's like eight studios, wasn't there? Something like that. It is more. It is. It's like fourteen or so. So fourteen or so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. No, I just think that with with Unreal Engine five again, they made that ease of use for everybody, right? That they want Unreal Engine five to be used by everybody, whether you're a one man dev team or whether you're a team of hundreds, right? That's what they want from AAA to indie. So, but the thing is, is that when you get a group like the Coalition who know the Unreal Engine frontwards and backwards, and they even talked about it in that video, that the transition from four to five, Epic has gone out of their way to make it even simpler. So now you've got a team that are already mastered. They can take all the experience they have from Unreal 4 and before and apply it to Unreal 5 and just take their games up an entire another level. And then on top of that, like I was talking about, the customization that they do to make it their own, that is what separates a lot of the top tier devs from each other. That's why even though lots of games are made at Unreal 5, they can all look different. They can all be unique. And I think that's what we're going to see out of Coalition. Whatever they do next, their next project, whether it's gears related or not. And again, I've talked about this. I'm I'm on the side of let creatives do what they do best, which is yep. create. Don't 
necessarily stick them to one thing. Yes, I know they were formed to work on gears. I get that. They will work on gears. But if they had another great idea and they want to test run Unreal 5, let them go. Listen, we have seen so many developers within the Microsoft ranks. A perfect example is Obsidian, right? They had a group of passionate developers that said, hey, listen, we have an idea for a little game called Grounded, right? And they let that team of what, I mean, what was it? 12 people, 14, I think. 14 people to say, okay, listen, go crazy, go make a game. And look what they've done. Look what they've done. They've created an IP, a franchise. Now, again, it's not for boom, but that doesn't mean that it's not for you. And the fact that, listen, I want gear six, right? But to be honest, I, I, I have been, I've been criticized for what I'm about to say on numerous shows on, with the comments I don't say that we should entirely pull them off of gears. I I, I kind of like to hey make what you want because that you make the best product when you do that pong. But it would be pretty damn awesome if the people at the coalition that are going to be the math they're the masters of Unreal, right? This is another example of it. Look at the tool belt of this dude. That's obviously some cog armor. It just doesn't have the skull on it. Why not let them do something on an older IP that hasn't seen life in a decade or more and let them, or even if it's a new IP, they have maybe they have an idea for something that is may or may not be Gears related. I've been saying this for forever. I would love to see a first-person Gears project just to do something different. Could you imagine seeing the chainsaw in first person? That would be pretty damn epic. No pun intended, but Pom, please continue. No, like I said, and I apologize, chat. The squeaky toy will go away, okay? She grabbed that right before we went live, all right? So my apologies <laughs> Folks, to everybody. This, this is this is life. This is <laughs> this, this is listen. this is life, okay? She you, hates look, me talking I, on these shows. So it, listen, it is what it is. You can see the peacock uh 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 <laughs> that let Mrs. Boom stop. Listen, I I don't have I'm in a corner, right? This is, it. this is what you get. This is real life, folks. What can I tell you? So I am sorry. I do apologize. But anyways, uh, no, I think whatever the coalition decides to do, whatever they create, I'm excited for. I'm hyped for because, again, we know the quality levels that we're going to get out of it. They're going to push Unreal 5 to its max. And we heard Epic talking about how, like, you you know, that demo, like you said, boom, is from eight months ago. And they were doing that. But but I need to jump in here uh, real quick because really just a few seconds ago, Xbox uploaded a new coalition Unreal 5 trailer on YouTube. I'm Come watching on. it right now. Oh, it is insane. Okay. See? I'm yep. going to go pull okay. it. I'm going to yeah, pull, go pull it right it, now. Yeah, Boom, yeah, pull yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because again, that's what. So again, eight months ago, we saw that. We saw is that, we is, heard... is that the one that you're talking about? The Coalition, the Cavern cinematic test demo? Yeah, the Cavern. Exactly. Okay. All right. And, me, uh... and so we heard that Epic themselves coming out and talking about how they are still going to continuously be working on Unreal 5, as always happens in these engines. So you can only imagine the tools have gotten so much better in an eight-month period. So again, everything that we see is going to just be on that next level. And the Coalition are the team, is the team, that I would want handling a big project or a small project to be showcasing Unreal Engine 5. So what 
whatever we as Xbox gamers get out of that, whatever they come up with, whatever this fresh idea is, a small project is, it is going to be unbelievable. And yeah. I believe that through and through. So I can't wait to get my hands on whatever they're going to do next. All right, gentlemen. Uh, well, listen, again, uh, you have the confidence uh, that, that that we all expect most of us to have. Before I bring, bring on the video, uh, I, I do. I, last night was, folks. If you did, if you missed out on it, um, I got a chance to do something I've never done on YouTube before, and I'm I'm paying for it physically because my back is a disaster area. Because sitting in a chair for almost four hours for me is just, I can't do it with this back that's put together with uh, a, a lot of hardware. I missed out on uh, the super chats yesterday because we were limited for time. And I promised that I would I would mention them. So this is the super chats from last night. The first one came to us from Sith Lord, who's a good friend of the program, and he said, "Ready to uh, for our fun night? It's going to be crazy." As the Iron Lords yesterday, the Iron Lords—they're always crazy over there. Drawn TJ dropped so many super chats; it was it was ridiculous. And I I, I don't even feel worthy of a Drawn TJ, but thank you. He said, "Hi guys, do you see crazy politicians suggesting to the FCC to ignore?" What they're supposed to do in order to stop the deal? Yeah, it, it's it's not going to happen. Those those politicians should be ashamed of themselves and do their homework. I, I said that last night, and I'll say it again. Uh, T J. Again, really appreciate the incredible generosity you continue to show. Uh, Cipher dropped a very generous ten dollars from chat. There's a bunch of legends in the panel. Thank you all for the continuing and awesome content. Boom! Thanks for assembling the podcast, Avengers, once again, sir. Top tier. Thank you for that, Silent Cipher. Uh, we had Brett Bingham drop a five dollars from chat. Says from software has poor working conditions, according to a recent report. Perhaps Phil Spender could help them out. I like what you're putting down there, brother. Splendiferous dropped a two dollars super chat and says stars as usual. Love it. Big ups to everyone in Mag. Yeah, brother, thank you so much for that. Uh, um, Yodani uh, Kuzada drops an outstanding five dollars super chat and says showing support to Mr. Boomstick and Company. Love how he gives folks a chance. Uh, at the podcast cir circuit, shout out to Colt and everyone on the panel. Thank you for that. I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. And the first chat of the day, Super Chat, comes to us, of course, from Jorn TJ, who says, morning, guy. So listen, as that's done, I did download this video. Let me bring it up in the stream live on the air. Uh, let me just bring the video in, folks, and I will put that on for you right now. Uh, you're right, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned it because wow, dude, it looks pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Here's the uh, demo from uh, it's called the Cavern, um, and uh, thanks to Boxenberger, who we'll go to in a second. We'll actually we'll go to now as this plays in the background. Boxenberger, you have, I mean, obviously you are uh, of us all on this show are the are the the one that we would go to for technical knowledge. You do know your way around a computer. You do know your way around, you know, which why your videos are so highly produced. Um, when you see the coalition along with four, 13 other studios uh, within the Xbox game studios uh, family using the unreal engine five to this degree, this is running on the series X. Um, how confident are you for, what people have been asking for high quality story driven real life type of graphics coming to the xbox yeah i have zero doubt about that um the thing is if you look at 2013 when the xbox one launched and if you look at 2020 uh where we still had games um 
on the Xbox One, One running, and you compare the visuals between the two, there has been a significant jump, and they are all running on the same hardware. So hardware is all, only all, always just one part of, of that uh, uh, graphic story. And the other thing is great software. And the Unreal Engine has become probably the industry standard. Um, it is uh, definitely the most used engine in the gaming industry. And uh, for good reason. It is accessible. It is um, customizable. Um, a lot of uh, additional tools can be developed for the Unreal Engine. And that is what the coalition is so good at. They develop a lot of their own tools that they then implement in the Unreal Engine. So they, what they are basically doing is just building upon a great foundation. And this technology is then shared across the entire Xbox roster now. This is what what we have seen for for a while now that the these Xbox studios not just develop their games individually they share their know-how and technology and that is what is so exciting about this this is why the coalition like pong said the masters of unreal engine um they have put out with gears 5 arguably the best unreal uh, engine for the best looking um, unreal engine 4 game um and the, these guys are now working together with Epic to develop these tools that now yeah. all the other studios will benefit from. And um, that is just awesome to see. Unreal Engine 5 it's in itself is, is a fantastic leap forward into this new generation of hardware. This, this engine um, supports so many uh, technologies that are now also hardware supported yeah like vrs um, they have an intelligent upscaling technology included in that engine they have um of course not just ray tracing but they have that uh lumen uh, technology which is a, a a lighting technology not based on ray tracing so way less hardware hungry but uh, also uh, it is also delivering fantastic results with movable lighting sources light yes. sources yeah that is it, it's just it, the engine is is really state of the art with their nanite technology they support ultra high textures a new method um to draw in um the the textures um very similar to what uh, xbox uh, calls sampler feedback streaming all these things are, are cranked in there and now just look at what the uh, what, for instance, Ninja Theory have accomplished with that engine. We have seen um, Hellblade 2 running um, or in engine or in gameplay at uh, the Game Awards in December, and now we see this new demo all, again from the Coalition. It's it's really impressive what this engine can do. And now just think about this: um, Obsidian making um, Outer Worlds 2 in that engine getting the support from these graphic wizards and even smaller studios like double fine can now just tap into that knowledge pool and and that is so exciting um and that's just the engine part the other part uh we touched on uh, earlier is the coalition finally getting the chance to do something outside of of gears as and much that's as exciting in itself that, that's yeah exci that's absolutely super exciting because you know a, a lot of people look at it, we've we're never going to honestly know uh boxenberger what happened with the former lead at uh at the coalition right like we, we yeah. you know we know we know he's over he's over 
uh, at, at a blizzard right now. Um, talk, um, um, Rod Ferguson. Yeah. Rod Ferguson, who I had a chance to meet in real life. Uh, that guy's a, that guy's a champion. That guy's a gentleman. Yeah. When I tell you, um, you know, you, you've heard some things that, you know, he had a very sp- you know specific way on how he wanted to do gears. And a lot of the team felt a little uh, type of way about that. And, you know, obviously there, there were some tensions there and he was um, he was recruited and he went over to Blizzard, which he's helping with um, Diablo 4, which I, I can't wait to see what Rod does over there and what that that game is going to be just they yeah. just there's 150 generated uh, dungeons. It's going to be massive, right? It is, it is insane. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I, Listen, Rod Ferguson, see... what? Yeah, yeah, yeah please no, continue. No. no, no, I was going to say I, I'm interested to see if the team that is currently there wanted to potentially do this side project and what that side project is, because I think you're onto something. Yeah. See, Rod Ferguson basically founded Black Tusk. Um, yeah which they were called back in the days, they announced that espionage game that it, it, it reminded me of Splinter Cell. It was a, a, a different take on Splinter Cell. They have announced it with a big in a, a cinematic trailer. And then um, they were re, they were given the franchise uh, Gears. Yeah, um, um, Xbox bought that from Epic. They, it, it was given to, to the coalition and that, that's when they changed or to Black Task and that's when they changed their name to to um, really make that statement, okay, this is a studio for Gears. And Rod Ferguson built that and it isn't a, wasn't an easy undertaking. And with all the hurdles they had in the Xbox studios, roster, let's remember, folks, at the time, Xbox wasn't the same. Uh, as they are now they were not this supportive like they are now with the studios like 10 years ago so um that was really a challenge in itself and he is a very good manager he's structured that studio very well um they have been putting out uh, the games in a three-year cycle which is really respective um and and that just shows you that he is not just a great game developer but also a great manager and i think that is the main reason why this was a, his a career opportunity i i have not heard anything um that there was a there that there was a uh, something bad happening at the at the coalition why rod left it is just, I, I just uh, think that you 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 hit, you hit the nail on the head i think that this was a, it is a personal career move yeah yeah it is an incredible opportunity he has now a team of over a thousand people under him it is just a a significant step up for him um it is similar like with what happened to mikey barra it's just a personal career ch- chance and listen uh, a lot of folks would uh, take a job um to become um not just the, the lead developer in Diablo 4, but overseeing the entire franchise uh, that includes the mobile games and everything. So, um, yeah, it is a, it is a career move. Uh, but the, what he built and the foundation in, in in at the coalition is very good. It is a well organized, oiled machine that he has left behind. And they they did they, they just picked up the ball. I've zero doubt that they will continue to be that well-organized studio just like we've seen it with obsidian entertainment i always say the strength of of obsidian is that they are very well organized and managed and that and we we see what and we see what happened if 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 the if highly talented developers get mismanaged within 343 yeah um so just compare these two uh, to towards each other and then you see what the coalition can do and so i have no doubt that when 
these developers go to Microsoft and say, listen, guys, we are going to continue on Gears. We are going to be that Gears studio. But we have another idea, and we want to do that. Will you support us? Why would Microsoft say no? Uh, there's zero reason not to trust in them. And I can't wait to see what they are working on. Honestly, you said, yeah, let them touch on, on one of these uh, old IPs. Uh, I would I want, want to see them really be fully free in, in their creative freedom and do a new IP. Because if they pick up another older IP, they are already in a certain way bound to that IP and what that IP uh, or why that respective IP is great. Let's say uh, they make a, I don't know, a spin-off for Halo or something. Yeah, then they are bound to this lore, to the art style, to whatever. So I, I don't want that for, for them. I want to, to them to be really creative, do what they want with a brand new IP, just blow us away. And in two years, we will get Gear 6, and it's going to be mind-blowing in Unreal Engine 5. And yeah, I can't wait to see what they will uh, bring to the table next. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. I, I think you're on to something with that. And, and again, it's, 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 it, I put it to this way. It is a very, very exciting time for Xbox Game Studios. And they have, I mean, we have it on, on good authority. There's at least 40 to 50 projects they're working on. There are, there's, they have no shortage of games coming uh, in the yeah. next three, three, to five, three to four years. is just going to be a smorgasbord of games. And guess what? They're all in Xbox Game Pass, which is just bonkers. Beautiful. Um, Saving us so much money. <laughs> it, it certainly is. Uh, VJ, let's get your opinion on this, brother. You got a chance to take a look and see both demos. I know there's a, there's a big hubbub in the chat about, well, the second part of it may may or may not be on the Series X because no. it didn't say it. Look, guys, here's the thing. First of all, they're showing it on the Xbox channel. I'm, I'm just saying that. Does it um, actually... Boom. Boom. Yes, I can, I can, um, uh, I have a statement here from them uh, that they published please, along please. with it. Um, it's, it's a lengthy statement. I, I'm just trying to do the highlights, but uh, they said um, that so, uh, the one thing of, uh, or the coolest of this uh, great uh, graphics and animation is that they all run on an Xbox Series X. There you go. It helps them uh, to learn what Unreal Engine 5 does and where the strengths and weaknesses are and they can blah, 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 um, do incredible uh, and unbelievable things with this new technology. So there you go. Yeah, so basically confirmed from the horse's mouth, folks, running on the Xbox Series X. There you go. Uh, I, I, I was going to say something that I thought was pretty common sense. If they're showing it, Coalition Presents, and it's on the Xbox channel, maybe I would make an S out of myself, assuming that it would be running on the Series X. But there you go. Thanks to Boxenberger, we have confirmation. So anyone in the chat that was concerned about whether or not this was real or some uh, you know you know fake news kind of a thing there you go thank you boxenberger vj uh close out opening topic number one what are your thoughts on what the coalition has shown us that they can do and what do you expect this un you know this the, the gear six and the unannounced project to be um i think i think the pong and the boxen Boxenberger have uh, covered the topic quite well. Uh, so just just listening to those two and, and yourself and uh, and a couple of the comments in the chat, I think I think the overall takeaway is that um, everything looks promising for Epic and and their Unreal Engine five. Um, and it seems that you know when you do sort of 
have a look at uh, some video gaming news or announcements. More and more studios all over the world are aligning themselves uh, with the UE5 in order to sort of produce or offer um, their content or or create a vision on it. Um, and as Boxham Burger intimated for devs and especially publishers, I'd say, uh, because not every publisher is having a great time at the moment. It's a it's a huge um, risk mitigator, right? And um, three four three, perhaps take note. Um, it'd be interesting in a parallel universe how how Halo, Halo Infinite might have turned out if if they had actually been using um, UE four. Um, look, I'm I'm confident that if you've conceived and designed your project well and thoughtfully and you've an experienced team with a with a great set of vision holders then then technology be it ue5 or whatever t- today has less boundaries and limitations in terms of what experience as a producer you want to deliver for your audience right and ue5 allows for more development resource because games aren't getting any cheaper to make uh, they're allowing for more resource money to be allocated to iterative time uh, during the development process rather than trying to figure out tools and uh, et cetera in terms of what the design requires, right? And um, and that can lead to a lot of development issues and delays. And uh, again, we've seen that in recent time. I know the pandemic had a huge influence in terms of um games being delayed but i think that what i've just mentioned previously to that also has uh, plays a part or is a factor in why games are delayed and these demos i've only just watched them on your um, stream boom so sorry about that uh, are okay as for me as eye candy but we all know a game is far more than just uh, visual prowess can i call it that yep. and as i think and i think as as pong was saying you know tools have over the decades uh, have taken away reliance on um, always intimating towards that right has taken away reliance on on programmers and coders and place more um can we put how can i put it more authority right uh in the hands of artists and and uh and script script uh scripting guys and so on and so forth and but overall i think that the future looks uh really healthy and um it also feels quite special right and again i think the the most popular games that I've heard you know come out of the mouths of the panel and yourself boom and in the chat um, I'm in alignment with right in terms of Outer Worlds two, Unavowed, um, Final Fantasy remake part two and perhaps and perhaps even the what is it The Witcher four uh, that's apparently sort of rumored um, to be using or purport, purportedly um, yeah they apparently they're moving the, away from the Red Engine and yeah they confirmed it today 5, too yeah. on uh, on the stream uh, so. So, yeah, so yeah. yeah, in 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 the grand scheme of things, right? If if the game the game industry and, and producing games is very very risky, and for me, we know that the the talent uh, the talented artists that are available today compared to ten years ago, not just in the games industry but in the movie industry as well, so that create these three D visuals and, and effects and so on and so forth, right? But there's obviously a lot of other uh, a lot of other t- talent that needs to be incorporated in producing a great game, but you know, with tools such as um, or engines such as UE5, I think that um, you know it it will take away it will take away risk, which for me is the most important part. And again, as I say, and I'm just repeating what I've said already, is that that time can be sensibly allocated to refining your game and um, producing far more vastly 
integrated experiences for the user, then um, then there's nothing really that you can be unhappy about. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I, I, like I said, I, I'm I'm very excited specifically for the coalition because if there if there's one of the many studios that are under XGS that would have uh, that would if you ask me who who do I have the most confidence to, uh, delivering a visually stunning game and and of course listen I, I I don't understand I see a lot of people with the hate for Gears not so much in the chat today but I've seen it. I, I don't know why people didn't. I love Gears Five, man. I, that that game oh, yeah. was just incredible. Maybe it didn't do open world the way that you wanted it. I found it to be just chef chef kiss for me. Um, it's everything I wanted, and uh, it's funny because I, I when I was taking a picture with Rod, I actually had said, "So are we getting the open world games?" And he was like, "Well, I, I you know I kind of put them out there a little bit, uh, but listen." What a great way to open up the show. We got some breaking news. We have to get in and listen. I'm not even going to hold up on this topic, uh, Pong. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to hand the microphone over to you uh, because if there's one game that you have the highest of high hopes for, that is of course Starfield, and we are starting to get a ton of information um, from. We saw in the last couple of days. Idle Sloth, good friend of the program, good friend of the community. He's always, and the guy's like a sleuth. The guy finds all of these screenshots, um, you know, of, of, of you know, pre-rendered uh, Starfield stuff. Today, as a matter of fact, Bethesda just released a video uh, regarding the robot that we saw and who that is and and what role that robot is going to play. It's going to be your yeah, it's going to play your companion in the game. Uh, he's, you know, he's he, he's going to do the heavy lifting on a lot of the work that you do on uh, in space. But he's also loaded with some guns and some missiles on there. So he he, he you know, obviously he's a peaceful. As you, if you watch the video, which I'll add in the show notes, it's only about two minutes and twenty seconds, but it is pretty dope. Look, uh, Pong, uh, I have this in the show notes, and I, you know, I'm going to read it. Uh, comes to us from uh, Xbox Insider Clobriel, who commented uh, and quoted uh, the des- one of the des- lead designer of Starfield, and this is what they had to say, folks. And this gets me goose- gives me goosebumps. I can only imagine how uh, Pong is going to handle this. He says, "You get to a point in development where systems really start to work out, and that and, and when that first happened with Starfield, it was really an oh wow." This is something really special. Players are going to lose their freaking minds. Pong, if, listen, I get it. You know, you're never going to talk bad about your own project, right? You can't expect <laughs> them to come up here and say, yeah, this is a shit That'd show. Shocking. So good luck with that. But <laughs> to hear the honest change of pace. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> to hear his, his tone, the excitement in his tone just based on the uh the wording it gave me goosebumps literally when i read it then and just now when you read this pong i know that you had to be like yep this is probably going to be my game of the year this is probably <laughs> god howard's coming of 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 age moment for him I mean, the guy's been in the industry for 25 plus years but this is the one game that he has had a dream to make and it's finally coming to a reality where do you sit on your excitement? And based on everything that we're getting, how big of a deal is, is Starfield going to be this year? 
Yeah. Uh, man, we've talked, I've talked so much about Starfield. Like, my hype levels are off the charts. Like, and every time I think that I can't actually get more hyped, they release a video. And again, if you need gameplay to be hyped about a game, that's cool. That's on you. I, I Nothing against anybody out there who wants to say that they're not hyped yet because we haven't seen anything. That's fine. My hype is based upon history. Okay, my my hype is based upon what Todd Howard and his A team have given me in the past. My hype is based upon the fact that this has been Todd's dream game for over two decades. Yeah, and he, and he waited. He waited on purpose until the technology caught up to a point where he thought his vision could finally be realized realistically across all platforms. Right, PC, console, etc. Right, and now obviously Xbox coming in purchasing yep. Zenimax. Now it's going to be underneath, you know, the Xbox consoles and PC. But he waited, and and the point of fact is, is that again, what they've given me over the past with Skyrim, with the Elder Scrolls, with the Fallout's, etc., is nothing short of absolutely amazing. So I have the utmost faith in all of that history, telling me that Starfield is going to sit right alongside those franchises again you want to pick out you want to cherry pick fallout 76 etc you can do that but we have to have a discussion about who actually created fallout 76 and whether or not that was a true bethesda title single player focused experience which is what they are masters at we just got done talking about the coalition being masters well guess what todd howard and his a-team are masters at the open world single player experience giving us exploration and discovery that we don't see almost anywhere. Obviously, Elden Ring, I talked about that, uh, is close to that, and, and I, I applauded from software for that. But again, Todd Howard and his team were doing it first. So to take that and to move it into space, to move it into the universe, to have the overarching questions that him and his team are trying to answer with this game is, why are we here? What is out there? Right. Yeah. Those big, gigantic human questions that we have. And he wants to give us those not necessarily answers, but he wants us to think about those questions as we're going through his game. That already sets a bar at such an extreme level that I don't think that there's any way that they fall short. I think that this game is going to be everything that we hope for those of us that are fans of what they do over there at Bethesda, I think that this game is going to meet or exceed those expectations. Now, could I could be completely wrong? Absolutely. I'll be the first one to come back on Xbox Factor Podcast after 11, 11, 22, and let you all know that Todd and his team didn't do it. Okay? I'll be the first one. I, I'm straight up about that stuff. That, that That's on me, though. I, I That's my own hype, and I control it. I don't care. I'll be disappointed, but it won't matter to me. I'm, I but was, at least you'll be truthful about it. Exactly, and I'm yeah. and I'm and I'm I'm thankful to have this hype. Looking forward to a new IP from Todd Howard and his team. Now, as far as those comments go, of course, boom, like you said, it'd be shocking if they actually came out and said, "No, this game is terrible." <laughs> this I don't is know a piece how of crap. Gonna, I don't know how we're going to put this out. Thank God it's going to Game Pass because it's just more fodder, okay? No, I, I would That's be shocked great. if they did that, right? So, but no, but what that does, what those comments do tell me, and again, this is something I've spoken about here, is the confidence level of that team is something that gets me even more excited when I watch their videos or when they come out and do interviews. 
because that is the confidence that, again, has been built over decades of working together. Yes, they have new people. Of course, they've grown their team. It's not the, the exact same people who made Morrowind all the way back in the day. Of course not. But the core of that team, many of that team has been together. They are family. They are friends. They are, they share like a mind, almost like, you know, like the Borg. They, they have this whole system in place on how to build a triple A experience that you really can't find anywhere else. And it doesn't matter where they're going, whether it's, you know, whether it's, whether it's a dystopian future in fallout or whether it's high fantasy in elder rings, Elden rings, or whether Elden rings, Jesus Christ. So here we go. Elder <laughs> ring. Oh my God. Anyways, it doesn't matter where they're going to take you. That system is there and they understand how to work it. And it just, they follow the procedure and they add in all of these extra little twists and turns and this chaos that you get with random AI, uh, you know, that, that they talked about in the previous videos where you just don't know what's going to happen. Like they have to, they have to account for it when they're making the game, but they just kind of let it happen. I've got story after story of playing their, their games of just randomness happening that just makes that experience feel like you're actually in a living, breathing world. And again, now we're going to space. Now they're taking us out there into the universe. Possibility of multiple planets, the possibility of customizing my own ship, of having a crew, all of this, meeting alien life forms, whether that's, you know, alien like the limit of what you find is only going to be your imaginations pond correct and they and todd's talked about that that they experience again everything they're saying everybody says well you don't know what this game is about you don't know what it's going to be like look all you have to do is listen to todd he's talking about the same set of systems that are in place with all of his other games and he's talking about expanding those if you want to go live the space pirate's life there's a chance you're going to be able to do that in this game. If you are into the base building that was in Fallout 4 that some people had a problem with, they are going to include that in this game, and you're going to be able to create a whole new community on one of these planets, and you're going to be able to customize it and do what you want to do. If you want to spend 100 hours you know, go- going and doing that kind of stuff or just exploring the planets, you're allowed to do that. You don't even have to touch the main storyline. That's what makes their games great. That's why I sink so much time into them is because I like all the side stuff. That's what happens to me. That's why I almost have 300 hours in Cyberpunk on my first playthrough. I love all the side stuff. I love taking in everything that a developer. I, I just crossed 151 hours in uh, Elden Ring. Yes. And, I'm, and I have no ambitions to beat it. Right. Correct. That's the That's the beauty. Boom. When some, when a game hits you like that, for me, that is the beauty of what we do here, why this is our favorite hobby. It's transporting you to a place that you could never experience in real life. And yes, of course, there are things that we have to experience in real life that are even greater than that. Uh, just have some kids, right? Okay, so there, there are things out there. But we get to go to worlds that are only in imagination. And when they make them right, when they go ahead and give us that full experience that we actually could see ourselves being there, even though we know we're not, we're just holding the controller, just looking at a screen. We're not even in VR, but the minute that you believe that that world could exist somewhere, that's when you know a dev has done it right. And Bethesda, again, in my opinion, is one of the best at that. And so Starfield for me 
again, giving us an even bigger experience, being able to travel through the stars, being able to see what Todd and his team believe is out there, right? Or could be out there in the future. That's what I'm excited to see. I'm excited to travel through his brain and try to go ahead and discover all the things that they've probably put into this. And again, this interview, even though it was, you know, just kind of a general interview, when they talk about systems coming together and those moments when that team, and again, this is not an inexperienced team. Again, no. this is this is a They're team called built, the A team for a reason, dude. Uh, yes, decades of experience. So when you hear one of them come out and say, and yes, of course, they're going to come out and say it because it's their game and he's excited for it just like we are. But when he comes out and says it like he does, like that moment when those all those systems, it's kind of this, this, this mess. And then it all comes together and he can confidently say, our fans are going to lose their shit, right? Yeah. Excuse me for swearing, but no, they, they are going right. to lose it. That means something because that means, again, that whole system they have in place is working the way that they've been doing it. Should it should be. Decades. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, that says it all that confidence level. I cannot wait. 11, 11, 22 is the only date on my calendar right now. I have my time off request in. I'm nice. going to be lost in Starfield. I can't wait for this. Real quick, before we bring in uh, Boxenberg and get his opinion on it, I got to well, thank Percolator9000 becoming a new channel member. Thanks so much for that, brother. Drawn TJ drops a very generous $10 super chat and says, I've heard from other podcasts. People are saying, what if Xbox announces that the deal is done in June as a surprise? And that would mi be mind-blowing, including Forza State of the K3 footage and Starfield. I don't think the deal is getting done by June. Personally, I, 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 I'm not saying I'm going to be surprised it gets done this year. I think it gets done this year. I just don't think it gets done to the end of the year. I think June is too quick, uh, especially when you have all these knucklehead senators trying to attach their name to the, 60, the $70 billion deal just to say they did something. They're all full of S. Uh, sorry. Uh, you know, I had to say it. Uh, Suicide Kings. What's up, brother? How you doing? He drops. An outstanding $2 super chat and says, good job yesterday. You and Colt were great. Well, thank you for that, brother. Definitely appreciate that. Very stressful. You don't see it in my face now because it's over. But trying to do the 90-minute show and then get over to Colt's show without being interrupt, you know, interruptive uh, to his it's it's a lot of work, but it was it was a blast. It was uh, and, and again, you got to give Cold Old East with a lot of credit, man. He uh, reached out to me about a month ago and said, I know that you have a show on Monday. I have a show on Monday. How could we make this work? So I sat on it for about a week or two. And I said, listen, I, I, I pitched the idea to him. He's like, I love it. Let's do it. And and that's what you got. And it was great. I had a lot, a lot of fun. But Boxenberga, um, you know, hearing the quote from the lead producer, like I said, for some people, and I've seen more more quotes uh, in the in 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 the community than ever. Well, boom, we haven't seen gameplay, so I'm not sold on it. Well, hey, good on you if you're not sold on Todd Howard's dream, because guess what, I am. Um, and like like uh, like Pong Soul uh, today. Uh, they dropped a little a little video. It was two minutes and twenty seconds or twenty one seconds long. Um, I don't have it for you because IGN put it out there, and I'm not going to use their stuff. If Xbox would have put it out, I would have shown you shown it to you. I just checked their channel; it's not live on their channel. It might be some sort of an IGN exclusive for right now. So the next time we talk about it, I'll show it. Uh, it's like I said, it was with the little robots that it's not little; he's actually 
twice your size, twice the size of a human being. That's going to be yeah. a part of your crew. Um, seeing what we saw today, because I put it in the DM, and also hearing the producer say, hey, listen, you know, we, we were building this game and all the systems are now working, and we, we honestly believe that the fans are going to lose their mind. H- how confident are you that this is going to be a banger? 100 um listen uh pong said it if you i get why people say ah, i i'm hesitant i need to see gameplay first but on the other hand um has bethesda really ever disappointed um they, they made some of the best games out there skyrim is probably in my top three of all time I played hundreds of hours in uh, hundreds of, of hours in that game. Yeah. yeah, I I own that game on every system. I even have a full playthrough with more than 100 hours on the Switch. Um, it's it's an amazing experience, and nobody does world building like Bethesda does. And um, they have to had that idea for so so many years. Like uh, Pong said, they waited until it's ready. They pitched that idea to um, I think uh, at the end of the ninety uh, 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 at around two thousand and ten um, to Star Trek, but yeah, didn't pick up. It wasn't the vision. So yeah, th- this game is something um, that Bethesda wanted to do for so, so long, but they have been stuck in between Elder Scrolls and Fallout and the long, long times in between those games. So, and now they said it's the right time to do it. They built a complete new engine. Um, they changed everything in the engine from the rendering pipeline to procedural generation, everything, animation system. It's, it's, it's complete new. They brought that up to date. They have, Build a complete new universe that they can really create and 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 uh, yeah fill with their visions for what exploration of space looks like, and they have already shared so many informations. We know so much, and I talked about this last week on the world of gaming about this. Um, when people say uh, we really don't know what uh, anything about the game, that's not true. They have been putting out dev diary after dev diary uh, for for a year now, um, and we know so many things. We know that there are multiple factions that you can join, and depending on which faction you join, you will start on a different planet. Yeah, you will. There will be colonies that you can build. That you will be able to customize your ship. Um, you know. Oh, that, that, that there are alien predators, oh, there's a corporate life, there's this space western planet, there's so many things. We know so much um, about the game. We haven't seen actual gameplay, but that doesn't mean we don't know anything about it. So I, I can absolutely say, yes, I'm totally hyped. It is my most anticipated game of this year. Um, and yeah... Todd Howard and the developers, whenever they speak, they put out these little teasers, these little bits of information, like today with Wesco, the, the little robot companion you're gonna yeah, have. He's, yeah, I, th- I think that I, I, you know what? It seems with the, with the little piece that we saw that that robot's yeah. gonna have some really cool personality traits. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, knowing Bethesda and, and how deep their RPG systems are, um, yeah, you know that this robot is, is definitely something you will be able to level up. There's zero doubt about that. And uh, that's also something we know, that they um, evolved the RPG system uh, that they introduced in Skyrim. So basically, you level up your skills by actually using them. There will be new... Um, nuances to this but they said yeah it's in principle the same mechanic so yeah it's really not true that we don't know anything about this game we know a lot and it's gonna be awesome and november 11th can't come in quick enough and like pong i already booked in a couple of days of work so yeah bring it bethesda i can't wait and i do hope that tune gets here soon because i want to see what that game looks in action oh yeah you know it's gonna you know there's gonna be a monster blowout like oh, yeah. we're all gonna walk away like are drooling no doubt about it real quick drawing tj dropped a couple extra super chats he, he actually dropped the first one that i missed he said who would i like to make a third person halo i don't know i i i, I think that 343 could do it i i, I would listen if 343 is listening and they're probably not because this is too small of a show. If if there's one thing that I would love to see a small team doing, we're starting to see that within Xbox Game Studios, uh, Phil Spencer, Matt Booty, uh, Sarah Bond, you know uh, that 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 crew that is responsible for uh, you know making sure the content is there. They they seem to not have a problem with small teams wanting to do something like a passion project. Personally. I think a third-person Halo would be dope the same way I think a first-person Gears, just to throw a monkey wrench into it. But if they're going to do a, a – if you're going to take 15 or 20 people and you're going to say, well, what do you want to work work on? I, I would love to see a passionate group of people from 343 say, you know what we want to do? We want to do an ODST 2. I, I would love to see – a story told because right now, right, we, we, we understand why man or, you know, fell and, 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 and how that happened thanks to Halo Infinite. But there is a whole story before them that we don't know about. And I would love nothing more than to have um, a side mission of an ODST trooper. Uh, you know, let, let, let us see. Up up until infinite, let you know what I'm saying. Let's let's get a a, a non superpowered person to 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 tell us their story and their trials and tribulations. That's that's personally what I would like. But uh, he dropped another one that comes in, and he that's when he said he said you missed the super chat, brother. You you could have just made a message. You don't have to drop any more money. You've you've done more than enough. I definitely appreciate your generosity, DJ. That's incredibly kind of you. Uh, VJ, let's get your opinion on this. You are a Todd Howard fan. You are uh-huh. someone that has high hopes for Starfield this year. Uh, it's going to be, I, I would dare say that it's probably going to be the biggest yeah. Xbox exclusive mm-hmm. in a decade. I, I, I would dare say that's how big a game it is. And, and, and I think this is going to move consoles. I think if you're not an Xbox gamer at this point, you're going to be dropping the money down, whether that be for uh, a Series S or an X. You will be. Uh, you, you're not getting this on your PlayStation Five. You have a, a Monster Rig PC. Good on you for being a part of the PCMR, mm-hmm. and uh, you can go play it there, which is awesome. But 
I think people are going to drop the money down for this game because it is uh, like like Pong said, two decades that that Todd Howard has been waiting to to bring this to fruition. Here it is. What are your thoughts on this, brother? I mean, hearing the the producer talk so high about mm-hmm. this game, are you as excited as you've ever been? Well, listening to Boxenberger, you'd think he's the producer of the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. I, I think. I think you're right, Boom. I, I think unanimously, if you if you if you're observing, observing um, everything that's going on around Starfield, everyone. Whether you're a fan or not, right? If you are a fan of gaming, um, uh, you are. Whether it's on your format or not, you are looking to forward to Todd Howard and Bethesda, and uh, what Starfield is all about. Um, and and if you're not, then definitely the millions or tens of millions of people that have bought um, was it Skyrim and Fallout, etc. So there's no doubt that there's huge expectations for the game and a huge anticipation, right? If you, if you go back and listen to what Pong was saying. So look for me personally, from based on what I know and my knowledge is limited, but you know, I've spoken very highly of the game in terms of my expectations for it on your, on your channel. I'd prefer it to be a good game and that you and I all will want to play and invest time into. And and your comment about the most, uh, boom, your comment about the most important game in the last decade, it might be the most important game released in the last decade and maybe perhaps even for the next 10 years, right? That's the kind of expectation that, and the hype that's out there for this game, uh, rightly or wrongly. And look, I, I want to say to you categorically, uh, Starfield, you know, without a scintilla of a, of a doubt, will be this and, and it will be that and it evokes charm and charisma. It's beyond what we've witnessed before and, you know, and it might well redefine how developers conceive and design games in the future, et cetera, blah, 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 right? But quite frankly, regardless of the fact a box and burger feels or, or states, we do know a lot about the premise of the game and, um, and all, with all due respect, I think that for the average gamer out there, like myself, I include myself in that regardless of doing podcasts and stuff, uh, we're all ready and primed to see a hell of a lot more. So we can individually and collectively observe and listen to what's on offer visually in terms of running on an Xbox at 30 or 60 frames or whatever, and in terms of gameplay and what that loop looks like and what the overall adventure hold for, holds for, for us as an individual. And, and then perhaps we can try to determine if it might potentially be a great game in the offering or, 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 a, or a game of the year contender. Now, you have to, putting all that aside, right, then you have to look at what's been happening up until this point, right, um, especially, you know, with the summer um, coming up soon, right, and we're expecting to see some more uh, from updates, et cetera, et cetera. Bethesda, prior to be sold, prior to be being sold to Xbox, were no doubt planning for <clears throat> enormous or, or gargantuan sales, right? So, and Sony couldn't secure the title from Bethesda for PlayStation for reasons unknown, right? <clears throat> but let's assume it's monetary, because at the end of the day, everything comes down to money at the end of the day. And, <clears throat> excuse my voice is going again. And then you've got Phil, right? And um, and Xbox, who have spent a considerable, if not an obscene amount of Microsoft resource that you know we can only dream of, right? in order to obtain this game exclusively, as you say, you know, for the Xbox system. And PC, is that right, Boom? PC as well? Um, PC as well, yep, correct. Yes. So so overall, all in all, you know, as an average gamer sitting back, it's a huge bet, 
but surely Xbox must have seen something that appealed to them, especially with Phil being a gamer of sorts, et cetera, et cetera. And, and this will, <clears throat> this is, and this is all I've got to go on right now, unfortunately, <clears throat> until the inevitable next sort of reveal, which is hopefully not too far off and hence will answer a few more questions and now no doubt perhaps raise more, more questions. Right. So <clears throat> it's not a doubt. Uh, it, it, for me, it's no doubt going to be a huge game in terms of volume and of content. And <clears throat> what I would suggest is that if, if what we're seeing is that in terms of Xbox giving uh, Bethesda and, and Todd basically a lot more time to um, <clears throat> get this game in order and to make sure it's 100% ready and not, you know, sort of launched and then requiring patch upon patch, you know, to get the game where it needs to be. I'm hoping that this extra time has also allowed them to get the game to um, previewers and reviewers, is it, you know, way before release. So they've got plenty of time to get um, familiar with it, right? <clears throat> I'm so sorry, my voice is going again. But, but the point being that no doubt leading up to the release of the game, there's going to be if the game is given to the previews and reviewers early, there's going to be hints towards opinions that will be blown out of proportion, right? Since it feels content for creators and et cetera, et cetera. And humans like to be heard. And that that, that circus will continue, right? So what I guess one point I'm trying to make is that I just want to get my hands on, I want to see what the game is about in terms of a really classy presentation. I don't want to mention, you know, you know how Sony and Nintendo present their games, but but Bethesda pretty much know how to, you know, how to handle. They're that the masters of the three yeah, ring circus, yeah. and I can only imagine <laughs> that what we're going to see it's going to be presented by Todd Howard himself, and it's yeah. going to it's going to be amazing. Yeah, with Pete with Pete Hines behind Todd and yeah. you know, helping curate whatever that that is going to be. I think that is going to be a massive moment, boom, and it'll probably take a couple of weeks worth of your podcasts, but. Oh, the there's no the doubt. Day. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it. it's all coming, right? So, <clears throat> I think it comes down to what Pong was saying. Will it be to your taste specifically? The proof will be in the pudding, as they say. Whatever the case may be, in terms of opinions and agendas, <clears throat> at the end of the day, um, you know, it's going to be as as everyone sort of said said. You know, um, it's, it's going to be in game parts, right? So. There's, there's a hell of a lot, a lot to look forward to, you know, if you're a Game Pass subscriber. And look, personally, and I know this may not be a really popular opinion, but I, it's such an important game, as you said, Boom, right? Like the most important game perhaps in the in the, in the last 10 years. Yeah. And I know there's going to be people out there saying, no, 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 that's fours or five, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would prefer it if there isn't, you know, an early pre-order access program just for the privileged. As it will Dude, definitely... if there is, I'm buying it. I'm not even going to lie. No, Pong's going to buy it. I know a, a Boxenberg is going to buy it. Uh, yeah. Listen, I know it's in Game Pass, but if I could play that earlier to spend a yeah. couple extra bucks, I, I well, I'm spending yeah. a couple extra bucks. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, I get you. But it, I look, I'm just going to be speak honestly here. But when Forza 5 did it, it honestly, it took the ultimate out of Game Pass on that day for me. And for me personally, it's if you want to if you want to buy that game, you're going to buy it, right? Regardless of the facts in Game Pass, as you said, you know, there you know, there may be all sorts of limited. There better be a collector's edition of where they give me yeah. a space helmet so I can yeah, run man. around the house with it. I want that super smart collection with all the DLC and and all the oh <laughs> goodies. Oh my god! I, I I I just want everyone to have access um, via Game Pass Ultimate 
all at the same time if possible and you know if it is a great game um and as you say boom yeah people do buy still buy games it's not just yeah we actually we actually still spend money even though game pass exactly exactly real quick anthony chipmunk uh a good friend of the program says starfield will change lives pong you 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 agree with that (laughs) of course (laughs) of course it's gonna Um, change the world for the better it is gonna it is indeed gonna change the world listen let me catch up some of the super chats before we get to topic number three we're at the midway point of the show folks we still have uh at least uh just under 60 minutes hang out uh hit the like button we got over 400 people here uh, I see a lot of new faces. Uh, if you are new, if you just found Double Barrel Gaming, I implore you to consider subscribing. Uh, we just crossed 10,400 subs. The goal for this year is to hit 12,000 by end of year. That would be a big deal. Uh, we just uh, hit 10,000 a couple of months ago. Uh, I just crossed 9,000 followers on Twitter, which is bonkers. Uh, the highlight of my Twitter life is the fact that Sarah Bond is following me that is freaking crazy dope uh big shout out to sarah um and uh that's pretty cool um but listen if you are new consider subscribing if you're here if you're already subscribed hit the like button let's get people to check out this show let's get into the ridiculous youtube algorithms you know and hopefully i won't be uh beaten down by the people that take 30 percent in 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 youtube but Splendiferous, generous friend of the program. He drops a two a two dollar super chat, and in all caps, he says the coalition are kings of the third person on Xbox. Indeed, they are. Uh, Drawn TJ drops on a very addition, a very generous additional five dollar super chat, and says, "I got to ask, what if a small team from the Elder Scrolls studio came to help uh, the Halo Infinite or create a third person ODST?" One thing that we know for a fact is that teams are going over. People are going over from one team to the other to help. This is something that Sony has done to great success. And I think that uh, Microsoft might have taken a page out of the book and, and, and saw that. Um, and, and they're doing that, which is great. I, I love to see it. Uh, J.R. Poe. What's up, brother? Welcome to the program. He drops an outstanding and very generous $5 Zoom chat and says, the new Tomb Raider was announced today using the Unreal Engine 5. Wonder if there will be a, an exclusivity given to Microsoft uh, considering the relationship with uh, CD Projekt Red. I said CD Projekt Red. Crystal Dynamics. Uh, J.R., listen, brother. That's going to be the one of the lead stories on Friday morning's Breakfast at Boom. I pulled that story from three sources. Uh, I'm going to read it. And I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna start you know building that show. Um, yeah, the new Tomb Raider. Listen, um, I, I I look look. I, I'm not gonna go down this deep that dark rabbit hole. I think Crystal Dynamics is it, it may not be done because you know I I think they're are they are they publicly traded? I I don't I couldn't tell you. I think that Crystal Dynamics, if not today is already Xbox Game Studios. It's not first party. They will be as soon as this Activision deal is done. Uh, I, 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 I think that we're going to see quite a few uh, acquisitions after this deal is done. Um, and um, that they're one of the studios I think are just going to be... I mean, obviously, you're going to want them to continue working on Perfect Dark, and it makes perfect dollars and cents to add them, uh, considering who's running the... Uh, you know, who, who has ran, ran the studio in the past... Um, and who's running the initiative? It just it just seems like you know peanut butter and jelly. Um, but let's let's get to topic. Uh, let me see. Let me find. We're topic number three. Um, and you know you know what I want to talk about is I I, I want to talk about 
Let me pull it up over here. Uh, Kojima for a hot second. He's been in and out of the news, uh, pretty much out of the news uh, for, for, for quite some time. Um, and uh, again, this this is, may not be the biggest topic, but I think it's a relevant one because it has been reported by our good friends over at VGC, which of course is the VideoGamesChronicles.com. Uh, his uh, Kojima's productions uh, or Kojima Productions is relocating to a new office after five years in its Tokyo-based office. And according to Kojima, this is what he had to say. Today is a day we say goodbye to the entrance, the Luden's hallway, and the kitchen that have been our home for a little over five years. And he posted this in some uh, 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 alongside some, uh, some images. Um, now, listen, we know that Kojima is working with Xbox. Um, we know f- for an absolute fact that he has signed on for one games. I heard it was a multiple, a multiple game contract that was signed. But again, that is that take that with a grain of salt because I did get that from two different sources. But again, it's it's sources. They could be wrong. You know, it, it is what it is. But we know for a fact, Pong, that Kojima is working with Xbox to bring an exclusive uh, to uh, potentially be cloud gaming based, right? Um, him moving to or relocating Kojima Productions to a new place sounds very similar to that. May, that that you know he may uh, be working. I mean, I, I can't say he's moving to the states. I don't know for sure, but I know that he is working with Xbox. Is this indicative of him starting that work? Hmm. Good question, Boom. Uh, again, until the deal is officially announced, right? right. Again, Which it has it, not been as of it, yet. It has not. Kojima is very eccentric. Okay, we all know this. Whatever you think of Kojima, he's very eccentric. So nothing is guaranteed in this world, especially when it comes to Kojima, right? So until a deal is announced, um, you know, it, it's questionable what's happening. However, we've also heard that Kojima's got deals elsewhere. Now, this would be... For him and his studio, this would be interesting if they're going to work on multiple projects because Kojima is one of those um, devs who loves to work on a single project and really put 100% of his you know, effort, his blood, sweat, and tears behind that project. However, it's possible that this move does indicate that they are moving to a bigger space. He did put out a subsequent photograph of a much larger area than some of the previous photos uh, of their old uh, studios had indicated, which means they could be growing uh, and they could be growing at a rate where they felt the need to go ahead and move into a bigger spot. Now, whether or not that spots in, in, in Redmond, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see, but a highly doubtful. Um, but I do think that this is indicative uh, for me personally uh, of them actually moving to a different um Different way of producing games. I think Kojima is looking at this point in his career and his life because obviously none of us are getting any younger. And I think Kojima has a lot of ideas left that he wants to put out there. And one of them being this cloud-based game that he had a dream of long ago. I mean, again, you can go back to interviews. I believe 2019 is the interview I pulled um, somewhere in that neighborhood when he talked about this idea of reaching people not based upon hardware, but reaching people wherever they were and having this whole interactive game um, kind of simulation uh, that people around the world 
could jump into and contribute to and all these kind of fantastical ideas that back then were very interesting stuff cutting edge cutting edge stuff right and that's why again whatever you think of kojima for me not every one of kojima games has hit okay but for me i love people like kojima who push the boundaries of what can be done in this space because they kind of give uh, they create new paths for where the future of the industry can go or grow out. Not that everybody's going to go in that direction, but they do give us new ideas uh, and ways of experiencing gaming. And I think that's why I believe that Kojima is a great mind in this, in this industry and why I do give him all the credit in the world for doing things differently. Again, it's not going to hit for everybody. It's not going to be, you know, always those 20 million sellers or those 50 million sellers. It's not going to be like that for Kojima. But I think he's still very, very important to the video game industry as a whole. So I'm excited to see what they're doing here. And I, to go back to my original point, I think that he wants a new, bigger space. I think maybe they move because he is growing his team. Because I think now he realizes time is not on his side. And there's yeah, going to come to a point, dude. And he needs to get more than just one project out every six to 10 years, right? This has got to be somebody, he's got a lot of ideas and I think he is going to actually branch out and work on multiple projects. And one of those projects, I do believe, Boom, again, it hasn't been announced. We had the rumors from Grubb that the contracts were being worked out, that they were at the attorneys. All of that, I do believe that one of those projects is that cloud project that he dreamt of. And I think that the obvious space for that would be Xbox with their capabilities, with the resources available. So I think that that is going to be one of those projects. And then I think some of these other things that we've heard about rumor-wise, all that kind of stuff, some of those could come to fruition too. And I think we could see a Kojima Productions working on different games at the same time. Um, But I do believe the cloud one, will be Kojima's baby. We were just talking about Todd Howard and, and Starfield being his baby that he's dreamt of for two decades. I think the cloud one is going to be Kojima's baby. And I yeah. think that this, it's going to take his, uh, what he's always tried to do, uh, all of his thoughts, his ideas, his create creativity. And I think that he's going to put that into this cloud game to really give us something different. Whether or not it's a hit doesn't matter. When you've got Kojima's name attached to it, it's automatically going to draw attention. That's why I always said from the beginning when these rumors first started that if Xbox was going to do a deal with Kojima, I'm on board because it's good to show off. It's going to be a showcase for the cloud, for the Azure servers, for everything that Phil's been talking about. We just heard him reaffirm it. They're talking about this cloud development thing and giving access to more and more developers to be able to work within the cloud. So no matter where you are in the world, you have the same tools at your disposal And you can form a team from anywhere in the world. The pandemic really sped this up, right? And you're going to be able to work together on this project, whatever that may be. And I think Kojima, having his name attached to a game that kind of shows that off, is going to be special for Xbox. Even if it isn't the biggest deal in the world, I still think it's going to be good for them. So uh, I hope this deal is announced soon. E3 again, we predicted it last year, possibility, um, maybe the Game Awards. I think this is the year that if this deal, I think he walks out on the stage at some point, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, and I think this year, if it's going to be finalized, it's going to be this year. Uh, And I think we hear about it this year. If if this is getting done again, complex deals, whenever you're dealing with Kojima, there's a lot of questions that have to be answered um, because we know his history 
and how he likes to take his time yep. and not always on budget, uh, not not always hitting those <laughs> those time markers that they like to have in development to show off what they've gotten so far. So a lot of that has to be answered through the attorneys and through the contract. But I think we see it this year. I think we see the announcement this year that he is working with Xbox. On you know, campaign. I have a scenario. This is this is this is it's it's goosebump inducing folks so get ready get get excited because this is not going to happen i'm telling you right now but man if it did um we know the kojima he's going to work with xbox at some point we know he's going to walk out on stage or he's phil's going to introduce him or one way or the other phil's going to be on stage with kojima wouldn't it be pretty effing dope if the all the rumors that we've been hearing about Sony is buying Konami, what what if Microsoft went out and bought the uh, the IP Metal Gear IP and gave it to Kojima? Yeah, and and, 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 and while he's on stage, folks, now, hey, bear with me. This is this is this is my sensationalism coming out. What if on stage he gets a Kodak on his ear and he goes, "Snake, are you there?" And Metal Gear Solid comes up <laughs> on the thing. I'm getting goosebumps, ladies and gentlemen. But listen, it's not going to happen. But man, if I had the money, I would make that happen because that would be dope. Um, anyway, uh, real quick, uh, Splendiferous drops an additional $2 hoop chest. And he's so cool, he didn't say anything. He just dropped $2. Well, thank you for that, brother. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, Boxenberger, what are your thoughts on, on him relocating? Obviously, he's relocating from Tokyo. We don't know where he's going to be. Is he going to be in the States? Is he moving to Seattle? Uh, where Microsoft's headquarters are? Did he find another place within the country? We don't. We have no idea because they didn't say. What are you expecting? Uh, you know, from Kojima. Obviously, he's closing one studio down to go to someone. You open it when you go to a new studio. We open up a new studio. You obviously are going to be working on a new game. Is that what you think is happening here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, I think he probably just. Uh... Uh, ran out of space um he's expanding he's working on a lot of stuff so yeah um uh, whether it's gonna be in in uh, in the us or somewhere else i don't know and honestly and that is uh, the thing about this topic i hate to be the bus killer i really don't care i think kojima is one of the most overrated game developers out there um and uh, oh, I, I don't like... you, you, you have to listen. He's been saying that for years, folks. Boxenberger, he hasn't yeah. changed his stance on it. So there you go. There it is. Uh, I, I've kept, I think he had a lot of comments that once uh, that Xbox deal is announced, this will all change. No, I don't care for his games. I, I don't like his games. I don't like uh, the way he presents himself in the public. Um, there's really nothing for me to get excited about. Um, Kojima does what he does. Uh, I don't get why people are so excited about his stuff. And that's about it. Um, the thing is, with with this um, entire Kojima thing and the Xbox rumor, um, see, um, we get so many rumors, Xbox is doing this deal and this deal. And the thing with Kojima is that we get the same uh, thing on the on the PlayStation side. Uh, all the PlayStation fans say, well, there's this rumor and this insider said this and that. And everyone uh, in, in, in these um, um, camps claim that the next Kojima game is going to be exclusive to, to their side. I think the next Kojima game is going to be a multi-plat. Um, because he just wants to expand um, his reach and... Um, 
will it be maybe supported by Azure? Yes, could be. That doesn't mean uh, that it's Xbox exclusive. But honestly, um, sorry, Boom, I hate to be the bus kill. Um, I, I don't get the, the, the hype around Kachima. And I don't think you're a buzzkill at all. I think you're being, that's a great boxer burger. You you no. speak for a lot of people, actually. Yeah, no, people there, yeah. Dude, there, there the are a lot boat. of people in the, right right now in the chat that are like, yeah, Kojima, I could care less. And I, and I hear you. Uh, I, I think he's an interesting dude. Um, I, I think that he does have some interesting ideas. They are a little wacky. There's no doubt about it. He's eccentric for sure. Uh, like yeah. Boxenberger said, um, listen, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I didn't think I, I was going to dig Death Stranding. Like I, I, I poo-pooed that because I said, yeah, this whole carrying the baby thing, it's, it's just not for me. And my brother wound up buying it for me, and I put 60 hours into the game. I think what I, I mean, listen, it's the story is just is, is as wackadoo as, as it's ever been. But I, I think what I took away from it was the multiplayer that was never announced as multiplayer. And that was that you, this living world that you were in, you could leave and come back and you found bridges from other people that you not, that you didn't know. There was uh, there was stuff left for you. Uh, it was just it was an interesting way for um multiplayer that was never announced it's just it just i i i again i enjoyed it so much i put 60 hours into it my brother uh uh platinumed it if you could believe that uh and uh oh, nice. and that was after he, he played it a second time which is just bonkers um but listen bj you know look not the biggest story of the day but still a story nonetheless kojima moving his office <laughs> from tokyo to a new location, an undisclosed location. Does is is it safe to assume that uh, he's going to be working on a new game, and and could that game actually be the one that we've been hearing rumors that he's going to be working with Xbox? Um, is it is it just him moving, or is he taking the rest of the staff with him? I would, I think. Well, I mean, obviously, I, I think it's the. Oh, they team. are just moving places. Uh, they had yeah. to clean out that office, and um, they're going to move into another office. Um, just him. He's so, showing uh, us pictures of his new penthouse. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> I thought it might be. That wouldn't. I, be, they, I mean, he's loaded, so trust me, he probably has a penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost forgot that um, Boxenberger classes uh, Kojima in the same current creative talent tier as Nicolas Cage and Big Bird. But anyway, um, <laughs> I. I, I, I I'm I'm ambivalent, right? I I, I kind of know him as a person, but um, you know some of his games I I, I do like. Uh, I did like Metal Gear Solid Three, etc. But other than that, I think I'm in the same camp same camp as as Boxenberger. Look, I don't I don't know the reasons or events leading up to the studio move or, or relocation. I think Boxenberger has already sort of pointed out some obvious ones. Uh, but however, a studio move um, can always lead to a fresh. Uh, start or, or impotence or uh, uh, impetus or um, or a pleasant distraction or interruption if you've been slugging away on a, on a, on, a, on a project and it always helps to sort of galvanize the team if you've got sort of improved more modern um, working conditions and surrounding sector etc to sort of look around uh, sorry not look around and look forward to and sort of apply apply your creative trading so that's always really really helpful and I, I think it serves Sony Santa Monica really well as well so. I wasn't aware, to be honest with you, probably because I'm living under a rock that <clears throat> that Kojima and Xbox is a thing. And so we'll see if that rumor sort of pans out, et cetera. So um, and in terms of whether it's true or not, it will be really interesting to see what Xbox have greenlit. Um, 
<clears throat> as as Boxenberger sort of alludes to, Kojima rightly or wrongly. Um, actually, I think it might have been Pong So. Actually, uh, sorry, um, rightly or wrongly has his followers, and I expect those to be catered for um, once again. <clears throat> I'm so sorry, Boom. My voice is going again, but I did just want to say one final thing that I I like it when you're not too sure about a game but you still go out and try it and then find that it was really interesting or intriguing or, or you were pleasantly surprised. So a kudos to you, Boom, for, uh, for playing um, Death Stranding. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, 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 it wasn't on my <laughs> radar, and my brother bought it for me and said, hey, let, me, you know, let, me, let, me, let me give it the old college effort. And I, again, I walked away incredibly impressed. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, again, the story is, is, you know, a Kojima story. It's very wacky, no, no doubt about it. But listen... I'm going to get to topic number four, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, listen, this is exciting because uh, all of last generation, Microsoft or Xbox was in third place. And they were only in third place because there were only three places, three people, uh, you know, in the conversation. PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox. Well, since this generation started, uh, which we're coming in on two years this November, Microsoft uh, has been making strides to uh, become, eventually become the market leader, right? This is, Sony is not the same bully that they once were. I was talking about that with uh, Kay Asante, who's in the chat. Um, I, 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 along with many, many people, uh, there are chinks in the armor, uh, for sure. A perfect example of that is the ridiculous bugs that have plagued Horizon Forbidden West, which it, it, it annoyed me so much that I stopped playing the game. Uh, Gran Turismo is a, just a joke, right? And uh, God of War is probably going to be great, but again, I don't, I don't think it's this year. I still think it's 2023. Um, you know, if, if it turns out that that's, that's pushed, which I believe it is, because I don't think they're going to want to go up against Starfield, um, Sony's going to have a pretty basic year. If you if you will, um, but we're not here talking about their uh, their first party output. What we're here to talk about, folks, is comes the way of our good friend, personal friend, uh, Benji Sales, who who I'm going to be sitting down with in the coming weeks. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll we'll try and right now we're trying to figure out a day uh, to get him on the uh, X Vlog Live, the one on one program I do on Thursdays, um, and uh, he is reporting. And obviously, if you don't know who Benji Sales is, he's an industry analyst. I trust Benji uh, indubitably. He says a lot of retail evidence uh, to suggest that Microsoft has shipped an enormous amount of Xbox Series X consoles in March in the U.S. to close out the quarter. Um, and obviously, the MPD sales, I, I was just looking for them. I, I could not find them. I know someone said that it was released. I, I, for some reason, I can't find them. Um we know that Little Man, uh, the Xbox Series S, has been selling like hotcakes. As a matter of fact, I just uh, gifted my incredible nephew, Tyler, one of them, along with the X screen that was provided to me um, for a review. And obviously, you know, he, he's, you know, he's a handheld kind of a kid, so he loves playing his Switch. But now he gets to play an Xbox in his room, and he don't need a big old TV. He's got the X screen from Upspec Gaming um, and uh, it's it's just an amazing piece of tech. Uh, we know that the Series S is is readily available, and uh, I know that during the Xbox Two podcast, 
with Randall Thor and Jez Corden, um, they, they, they were uh, they had reported that Amazon Prime members, it was still available 24 hours later. And I'm not talking about the S, I'm talking about the Series X. Pong, uh, there is a changing of the guard happening. Um, and a lot of people in the industry are asking, why? What is the deal? How is Microsoft getting these consoles out? And Sony is sitting there with their thumbs up, you know where. Um, why is this happening? And are you surprised that Microsoft could very well be changing the narrative in regards to this 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 two tier console uh, um, Trojan horse that I called many 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 months ago, uh, and outdueling the once bully of the art PlayStation? Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, when we talked about this so many times. Um on here, you know, as far as mindshare goes, the value proposition that Xbox is currently marketing, um, they've done a absolutely fantastic, phenomenal job with that. And it's finally the ripples are starting to expand outward. Uh, this is a hole that they dug last generation that we talked about that they had to climb out of and they're doing it the right way. Phil and his team have been saying um, and uh, taking action in all the right ways to finally get to this point. Now, as far as production goes of the actual consoles, now that's something that would be very interesting. Phil's talked about this in interviews that his job during the pandemic um, has has turned from a a the head of well now the CEO of Microsoft Gaming, but at the time the head of Xbox, uh, which usually means making sure that the studios are doing well and all that kind of stuff. Uh, to a logistics manager uh, role because of how crazy everything has gotten during this time, this unfortunate time in the world. And so I think that a lot of the work on the back end they've been doing certainly is starting to bear fruit, right? And I think, and I brought this up on the shop podcast because we talked about this a little bit there as well on Saturday night, that I I think that the partnerships that they've created with like AMD, um, and we know Sony's are part. Sony's a partner of AMD as well, but obviously they are very close to Xbox. Uh, I think that's paying benefits as well, right? And I think that they have jumped ahead of the line in certain instances uh, to get extra chips uh, to make sure that they can get these consoles out to market uh, in a faster at a faster rate than maybe the competition. And obviously, we know for a fact during the holidays that the series S was everything that they made it out to be. And then some, because they switched production over, put a focus on the series S because you can basically get two series S's for every series X. That's correct. They made, That's confirmed they made, as well. Right. Right. And they made that internal decision to go ahead and, you know, obviously amplify the series S production, knowing that people were looking for these consoles during the holiday season. And if you've got the availability, you were going to get the sales, basically what it came down to, and we're still there. So yeah. I think whatever Xbox has done in the background to make this happen, I think there's been a lot of deals cut. Again, big bank speaks, right? Money talks. <laughs> Money talks, baby. <laughs> Money talks, baby. <laughs> so when push comes to shove and you're walking into these going, hey, we need more chips, and everybody's going, well, everybody needs more chips, and you turn around and go, no, 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 you didn't hear me. Microsoft yes, hey, hey, needs back more that chips. truck up there, uh, and, and, and here's the suitcase, right? 
look, that's going to jump you ahead of the line in some instances. Indeed it and is. I, and I think we're seeing a little bit of that right now. And don't forget, again, we, we I'm not tech guy whatsoever. So I just take it from everywhere. I take in information and try to, you know, get somewhat of an education uh, about how this works. But again, keep in mind, we've heard that with Sony and what they decided to do with the PlayStation 5 and the overclocks and all that kind of stuff, that also cut down on the silicon that they can produce, right? Because they a lot of defects, they have higher spec. Yeah, they a have lot a higher of defects spec. in that PlayStation 5, Needed. man. Correct. So they need a, they, they've got this higher spec, so that cuts down on their availability of the chips as well. But whatever the case, it's a combination of all those factors coming to play. The mind share, the value proposition, Xbox making sure that they get in these consoles produced at a good clip. Obviously, something happened over the past, you know, four, you know, four to six months where now, right now, they've got a boatload of consoles comparative to what has been available. They've got a boatload of consoles available. We're starting to see them on shelves. I've seen yeah. the Series S at my local targets for uh since before last holiday, right? When they put that you focus, know, Pong, but now quick, Series me, X is showing up. Yeah. Let me just throw this out there. OCD gamer in the chat now again folks he's putting this in i'm going to read it verbatim i don't know if he means that this was the mpd sales numbers but according to what he's putting here in the u.s and canada the xbox sold 150,967 versus the playstation 5 at 78,000. that's nearly two to one nearly two to one and again right now i don't believe the number and again sales are sales at the end of the day it is what it is but right now, it really, truly is at that point where it's whoever can put out the most. Yeah, going to show whoever can get to the, get the product. <laughs> That's basically we're still at because people are still trying to hunt down these consoles. Now, we've seen the circus, the clown show show up and say, oh, nobody wants the series consoles anymore because they're everywhere. Uh, no, if you don't have your product as a business available for people to go into the store and pick it up and walk out with it, that is a problem for any business. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. So the fact that you're seeing Xbox product consoles on the shelves mm-hmm. is a good thing. That is does not mean the hype has died down. That is a good thing because, believe it or not, as much as we are in this digital age, as much as we are all shopping through Amazon and everything else online, there are still brick and mortar stores. There are still yep. people who walk in there. When your product is on the shelf, your competitors is not on the shelf. And in that moment, that customer is making a decision. You win automatically because your product is there. They feel good about being able to call over the store associate and say, hey, can you unlock this? I'm going to grab myself a new Series X or a new Series S. And they grab that physical console in their hands and they walk out and ring out with it. That's a win for you because you've created that opportunity for the customer where your competitor, unfortunately, at this point has not been able to do that. So, again, this is all good news for Xbox. They've done the right things in the background, obviously, to get to this point. Hopefully, this is the start of consistency, right? The Hopefully, this is something we're going to see all the way up and through this holiday and then in the 2023 because Xbox right now is riding a high yep. and they want to continue this high all the way through, not only with news, but with also these actual console sales and getting the people in you know, getting their consoles into people's homes so they can enjoy all of this great news, gaming news that we got coming. 
Well, it certainly doesn't hurt that you have Xbox Game Pass for fifteen dollars a month. Correct. Correct. Think you about the holidays. Saying? Think about the holidays. Think about the holidays. If they can continue to do this, and they've got all these great announcements, Starfields there, whatever else. They got the family plan for Game Pass showing yep. up this year. Yeah. For for a family to walk in and you've got multiple kids in that household, maybe you yourself are a gamer. You got your Series X. Your kids are always, you know, bothering you to play whatever else. You go in, you get a Series S for 250 bucks on sale this holiday, and you know you can sign up for a family Game Pass pack that's going to save you money. Maybe you buy two Series S because they're so dang cheap, and you go ahead and get all your kids set up. You get your whole game your family underneath the Game Pass plus a couple buddies or whatever the case may be. Man, you can't beat that value. You can't beat it now. You're not going to be able to even touch it when that finally works out that way, and I think that's exactly what they're going for this holiday. Yeah, no, absolutely. Boxenberger, let's grab your opinion on this. Um, first of all, w- uh, these numbers are impressive considering the, um, I'm going to put this in a, in a non-cursing way, but whooping that Xbox took last gen. I mean, uh, the, you know, you got to call a spade a spade. They, they got they got curb stomped by both Sony and Nintendo. And even though Nintendo Switch is still selling like hotcakes, and that's not a surprise, this is a, this is a, big, this is a big win for Microsoft. My question to you is obviously the numbers, but do you see a world that this fall, the Series S drops down to 250 so they could really put the screws to Sony? Oh, yeah. Um, now, with which question do I start? <laughs> Let me start with the Bryce thing. Um, yeah, we talked about this uh, before in this show. Um, this holiday season, the consoles will be out for two years. That's usually the time when we see a first price drop. And yeah, uh, we still have that global shortage and um, all the other issues that are going on. So I don't think we will see a price drop in the Series X. But Series S is already available here in Germany for 280 yeah, two, um, here in the states as well, two seventy nine ninety nine. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we've already seen a small price drop. So would I be surprised if if they end up um, at two fifty, um, maybe two fifty nine? I don't know, something like that. No, I wouldn't be surprised. And like Pong said, it is. Uh, we, we are getting to this point after two years where the manufacturing costs go down, logistics uh, usually. Um, uh, logistics uh, go down and and that's when uh, the, the manufacturers can make that um that price drop um uh, reality because in the first year usually the first year first two years of a console cycle you get those hardcore gamers those those gaming enthusiasts like us listen boom you wouldn't wait for two years to get your series x or s of course not of course not, yeah. So all these the gaming fans, uh, these hardcore gaming fans, they are buying the the consoles in the first year. After that, you you kind of go into the the casual market, and a price drop is always helping to lure them in. And especially now that Xbox doesn't rely on on console sales numbers per se anymore, they rely more for their business on on subscription numbers and. Um, active user bases um that definitely helps them and then they can take even a small hit with the series s and 250 yep. would be an, an absolute amazing I mean, that, that, value that, that, that you're running on the line of impulse buy yeah yeah it, it 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 will become hard to argue not to get it um 
even for if for for the hardcore PlayStation fans, they they kind of must admit at some point, okay, there is a lot of value if I invest uh, in a Game Pass subscription 100%. and get that console for two fifty. Um, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, I definitely could see that happening. Um, and what is going on right now is is really amazing to see. Um, apparently, um, Xbox has figured out to simply manufacture more consoles um, than than their competitor, and um, there there can be multiple reasons for that. Um, I still think it mainly has not to do that they dropped a big bag of money on the table that did something else. They they went out and said, listen, we are Microsoft. We're not just building Xboxes. We are building the entire Surface family. We are building yeah, that's right. the Azure servers. And all these servers run on AMD uh, chiplets. All this, you bring that to the table and, and then it, it becomes really hard for, for a chip manufacturer like AMD to argue, okay, who do I produce my chips for? Microsoft? That all also buy tons of chips for, for Azure and Surface and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sony, they might buy a couple of other chips for their TVs, but that's about it. So um, I think that Microsoft as a company, since their portfolio as, as, as the mother company is, is simply much bigger, they have different options to do that. And it just takes a little time because they all got surprised one and a half years ago when the, the consoles launched with the pandemic and the chip mm-hmm. shortage and everything. But now um, you, you kind of find your way around you and you can see that they they obviously have more of these consoles in store right now and the question will be how long can they keep that up is this just one batch that they got right now uh, or is it really uh, did they find a solution to that um, to that shortage and it's i want to i want to also emphasize this real quick in this conversation because i i think all people always just point at at AMD. Oh, they need to factor more chips. It's not just AMD's chip shortage. It is a, a general shortage in electronics. It's from your average capacitor or resistor to uh, PCBs to everything. Um, is is short. Um, even copper is is right now hard to get. Um, it has to do with all the mining and stuff, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's shortage for all the resources. Exactly. And on top of of the sh- general shortage um, of of components, um, it's also that during the pandemic, the logistic ways simply got much more complex and um, a lot of ways simply to transport your consoles from Taiwan to the US suddenly becomes more complex. Um, I, I've been dealing with that also in, in my daily job. Um, uh, like China is very strict import rules. Um, it just takes a longer to, to transport stuff in and out of countries right now. And the, the awful things that are happening right now in the Ukraine most certainly do not help the, the global yep. logistics. So yeah. it's really not just a chip shortage. Um, it is a, a lot more complex, and that's why Phil is absolutely right. And I've heard that from from actually many um, companies uh, with different products, from from smartphones to to, to everything, um, that they talk about this pandemic is really the the challenge of logistics. Um, and yeah, Microsoft's coming back to to Xbox. Um, they kind of it kind of looks like they found a way to 
um, yeah, at least manufacture more than their competitor. And that's why we see these numbers. But um, you could have the um, more consoles if, if you don't have certain value to your customer, potential customers, you wouldn't sell them either. So it's really both of it. Um, simply that Game Pass has become this... this um, it is yeah, a conversation also, that just never seems to be out of of, yeah. of, of of the realm of being the center of many, many uh, uh, podcasts and, and, and articles. And, and there's a reason for it. And, and it's the inherent value that it continues to deliver. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely right. Um, like I said, it, it is really be, when you are a fan of gaming, it really becomes hard to argue why you wouldn't subscribe to Game Pass. Um, and, and it doesn't matter whether you're on console also on pc there's so much value in there um that it's hard to pass that up and if you combine that with the availability of your actual current gen console um i think that's just something where, where a lot of customers now just lean towards xbox and now all they need to do is uh to st finally start marketing uh uh the the Xbox brand across Europe and yep. then they they are on good track to to become um the gaming leader that they want to be. Yeah, no absolutely. They're definitely on a great path, no doubt about it. Now, close VJ close out uh, today's incredible program sure. with uh, what are your thoughts on on these numbers? Uh again, this is this is this is new for Xbox. Now, we saw a domination of this uh, of this stature in the 360 era. Did mm -hmm. not happen in the Xbox One era. They did have a couple mm -hmm. of months where they had good numbers, but for the most part, they just they got clobbered. And it was a lot of uh, you know uh, you know miscommunication. It was mismanagement. People were in charge that had no business being in charge. Uh, that <clears> did <throat> not have Xbox mm -hmm. in in their best uh, you know the, the be, be, you know best uh, foot forward. Yeah. Seeing that you know these numbers are coming in, and Xbox seems to be leading. Uh, some people are going to say, well, boom, if there were more PS5s, they would sell more. Would they, though? I I, I don't necessarily know. Um, but regardless of the fact, that's only speculation. What we can do is go based on <laughs> actual numbers. And the actual numbers is that Microsoft is leading the conversation. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think Boxenberger, you know, made some good points there, is that we don't know the exact reasons why there's a suddenly a peak in Xbox sales. And, you know, we could go into hundreds of reasons, and that's not really uh, helpful i think what you have to look at is xbox consequentially know that they can't afford to fall behind sony and its playstation in terms of the us install base which regardless of the previous generations you have to look back at the numbers and you'll see that it was regardless of the software or whether you thought that xbox didn't perform well the install base was very closely contested and commercially the us or North America, as you put it, is the most important territory. When it comes to, you know, AMD, everyone, it seems, has a close relationship with a Taiwan manufacturer. Um, you know, while it's indigenous and non-indigenous people and technology serve a purpose to all corporations around the world. When they don't, let's see who stands by them. So at the end of the day, um, as you say, Boom, look, we're not privy to contracts, supply conditions, parameters, and or pricing, we don't know uh, what we don't know is that, you know, silicon and uh, various components, as uh, Boxenberger puts it, um, are all still in sort of relatively high demand. Um, and especially especially the devices uh, which empower empower, um, which 
which these components do empower, such as the PS5 and the Series X. And I don't see either company's hardware sales, and I include Nintendo, are letting up just yet. Um, demand is just, well, still remarkably very high. And, and it's all because of, you know, we live in a technologically advancing civilization um, and the population is growing rapidly and Silicon just can't keep up. I think that's what Boxenberger was saying. I'm sorry if I've got that wrong, Boxenberger. But um, yeah, spot on. Um, also, from what I gather, and um, Sony are having a much harder time keeping several other territories outside of North America happy. And you only have to look at Asia, where Xbox is being outsold eight to one, even close to 10 to one. And I think that you cannot just look at one quarter. And what I mean by that is that once supply catches up with demand, only then might we really start to notice and begin to gauge which system has the legs the stamina, and the true demand, right? Because it has to be sustained over a period of time. And and then we'll be having, you know, conversations about, look, guys, now it's been another year, who's likely to reach the 25 million and then the 50 million install base the quickest, right? And a lot of this might be um, determined, right, regardless of supply, right, and what's happening in Asia and so on and so forth and other parts of the world. A lot of this might be determined by consistency in terms of uh, regularity, timing, yep. quality, and appealing software and services. And in that instance, and in that space, we can categorically say Xbox has planned out this generation <clears throat> far better than they have done previously so previously so because when an argument can be made a very strong argument can be made that releasing a hardware system in, in previous generations by xbox they've been an absent landlord in terms of supplying updated games and so on and so forth <laughs> and <clears throat> we're still waiting for that banjo right <clears throat> anyway please somebody do a banjo game but it's <clears throat> going to come from toys for bob but yeah i'll have to wait for that unfortunately but just just to wrap up sorry boom xbox and sony and even nintendo in terms of whatever they're going to do next have a lot of work to do we know major games which hold huge future promise are on their way and on the horizon. So I'm not going to concern myself with one purported decent quarter. Xbox and Sony need 24 of them, right, the next six years, including the previous year that's gone by. And this summer's 2022 digital presentation or whatever it's going to be, if there's actually going to be any, I, I have no idea what's going on, um, will definitely shed some light on what future promise is on the horizon from all three companies. These in themselves, in terms of the presentations, will somewhat dictate hardware sales, forecasts going forward, and I'm sure Benji sales and, and others will be all over it, tragically so. But, yeah. <clears throat> but for me, in terms of the reason why I say that is because if you have a shortage of systems and the Series X is selling out and perhaps Series X is a shipping in the US because the Series S is not doing so well here, where it's doing perhaps Series S is doing really well overseas, is that I don't see any need to drop the price of your hardware if you're already if you're selling out, right? So um, until a, a point in time, perhaps you know when there's um, I forgot what the word is, you know, a, a mid-gen refresh or something like that. Then perhaps then maybe they'll you know drop the price and so on and so forth. But but um, yeah, I, I think that you know at the end of the day, there's a hell of a lot to look forward to. And um, and, I, and I know that many of your panel members say this quite often after we have these sort of varying debates, is that at the end of the day, competition is great. And if all three yep. companies are doing really well, at the end of the day, we as consumers, we as gamers, we who enjoy this fantastic pastime and are privy and privileged for it, uh, are going to benefit. So 
in my in my eyes, you know, long may the competition continue. Yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, what what a great show. We had over 400 people here, Pong. We had uh, four topics. We got to every topic. Everyone had a great chance to to kind of really dig their heels in the sand and or dig their teeth into the uh, you know in, in, into each topic. Uh, I, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Of course, I have to say a big thank you to all the super chats that continue to come in. Uh, Mrs. Boomstick and I are doing a $300 giveaway for Easter uh, at the end of the month. Uh, all you have to do to win is be uh, in the chat uh, that day that we do it. It's probably going to come the way of Breakfast with Boom. I'll be doing some advertising in the coming weeks for it. Uh, it's going to be four $50 gift cards to your choice and and uh, with an additional uh, four $25 gift cards to Xbox Live, uh, Nintendo uh, eShop, or, of course, PSN, whatever floats your boat. Uh, you know, you win. I'll hit you up uh, either through email or through DM, and we'll get you the code. And uh, all you got to do is uh, to win is be in the chat that day. Uh, if you are a channel member, you get an additional entry through the picker, as well as if you drop a Super Chat, you will get an additional entry through that. And again, these super chats are how we pay for these uh, big giveaways. It's the first one of the year, and you know, three hundred bucks is a lot of money, um, especially in these times. And again, it's our pleasure to do that. Pong, by all means, brother, let's get you on out of here. Sell your brand. Tell everyone where they can help you and Steel Rain hit the one k uh, uh, um, uh, uh, subscribers this year, which is something you guys are looking to do on your Saturday show, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, living split screen. If you're not tuned in, you're not doing it right. <laughs> Thanks so much, Boom. Man, it was good to get back in the saddle on Xbox Factor Podcast um, and have great conversations with you, Boom, BJ, and Boxenberger. I love I love listening to you guys speak. You guys come with so much knowledge. Very elegant. Both yes, it is fantastic. <laughs> it must be the accents. That's what yes. does it. <laughs> That's, that's exactly what it is. No, no, you guys are absolutely amazing. Love you guys. Um, chat, you guys were incredible. Really good conversations happening in there, as always. Uh, thank you so much for coming out and supporting. Like Boom said, almost 400 people here on a random Tuesday yeah. uh, with not the biggest news in the world, but still, again, this industry nonstop. What, what we talked about today would be considered big news just 10 years ago, right? That That's how... This industry has grown as a whole. That's why we're here. We love seeing you coming out. All the new faces, all the old faces. So all love and respect for you guys as well. Look, find me on Xbox, on Twitter, at Pong Soul. You guys know the drill. I'll follow you, follow you back. I'm approaching 2,500 on Twitter as a personal milestone, which is just incredible to think. Uh, I never thought when I jumped in this community uh, two years ago that that's, this is where I'd be. But uh, I appreciate every one of you. Otherwise, you can find me this week, Thursday, p.m. in the p.m. Uh, we'll be back, God willing, real life willing. Uh, Pong and Mav in the PM over on Fun Speculations channel. Please check us out. Mav and I have a great time on Thursday nights, deep diving one, two, maybe three topics. That's at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. Back over on Fun Speculations channel for Friday night, Xbox Ultimate, the great eight, however many of us can show up. We had Mr. Joanna Dark on uh, last week. It was just a fantastic show along with Xbox Obi, another great member of this community. So just check us out Friday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Again, all things Xbox over there as well. Saturday mornings, like Boom just talked about, living split screen, split screen, all one word. My brother from another, Steel Rain and I, we wake up Saturday morning. We get hyped. We get excited. We come in with energy. Even if you don't have it, listen to our show and look 
if you wake up later in the day, that's cool too, because we're probably still going to be on. Last week was four and a half hours, right? People say, that's too long. You can't do podcasts for that long. People don't, we don't care how long you watch for. Jump in, have a good time with us. We get the chat involved. Look, it's just a fantastic show. Steele and I are passionate about everything going on, whether it's a community, whether it's the industry, whether it's business, whether it's about the games themselves, whatever. We talk about it. Join us Saturday mornings, Living Split Screen, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time, live, raw, and uncut, like my brother Steele always says. Be there. Tell a friend. Come on. Show up. You're going to have a great time. I promise. And then otherwise, Saturday nights, I am back at it with the Shop Podcast on PTK Blam's channel. PTK Blam, Fuzzy Belvedere, and myself. Look, we usually have a guest. We had the amazing friend of this show, Kay Asante, on last week. He's just such a good dude. I love podcasting with him. We had a great conversation. We just have fun on the Shop Podcast. Pure and simple. It's a great show. Way to end your Saturday night, no matter what you're doing. Um, otherwise it is the golden age of gaming people. You're starting to hear more and more people use that phrase. Golden age is here. Get out there and enjoy some gaming, no matter what it is. Don't let anybody steal that excitement, that hype for what you got going on ever. All right. Play what you love, love what you play. I'm going to talk to y'all real soon. Yeah, thank you, brother. Definitely appreciate that. Box and burgers, please sell your brand. Tell me about your show coming up this Thursday. Uh, and also about your incredible YouTube channel and where could we people reach out to you and strike up a conversation on social media? Yeah, man, I, I really need Pong to promote my channel because I can't do it the same way <laughs> with the same energy. <laughs> but I do my best, um, not just here, but of course, uh, also on my channel, like you said, I have this uh, YouTube channel over there. You can find it on the Boxenberger everywhere. YouTube, Twitter, uh, Xbox Live, PlayStation, everywhere. It's Boxenberger. And uh, yeah, I do have my podcast coming up this week, uh, The World of Gaming on Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. UK time and 8 p.m. Central Europe. Um, yeah, I do have a kind of a different format uh, than these shows here with the big panel and lots of opinions. I always have just one guest, and this week it's going to be Randall Thor joining me um, for the podcast. going to be absolutely can't wait to talk to him and pick his brain about a couple of awesome things um not just the, the daily news but we will also talk about some other xbox related things of course uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun and and otherwise i'm always working on um, videos for my channel um the, I, i'm actually currently working on one i have i think i have never done so much research for a video and that's why i'm a little bit behind my schedule but i want to get this right because it's an exciting one and it is uh, hopefully uh, an educational for, uh, one for some uh, people so yeah that's hopefully dropping by the end of this week um otherwise i want to say a big thank you of course to pong it's always a pleasure to talk to you vj love your opinions and uh, boom thanks for having me can't wait for next week yeah, thank you for being here, brother. And last and no way least, VJ, tell everyone about what, where they can find you on other podcasts and where can people reach out to you on social media should they want to strike up a conversation? Um, I, as, I've, as I've been saying for, for a few weeks now is that I don't make content and I don't frequent on Twitter very much. So I would uh, recommend the chat to um, follow these uh, great content creators that are uh, that are on the panel with me today. And uh, I just want to apologize to the panel and the listeners because for the second week or the second time 
running in three weeks. My voice seems to be, um, yeah. You need uh, more tea, count. brother. You got to yeah. have some more tea in the morning. Add some lemon to it, brother. It should work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, there was um, KK Days. I hope I pronounced that right. And his recommendation of uh, honey, uh, lemon, and warm water. So I'm yes. I'm on it as soon as Boom gives me permission to leave the show. Ah, uh, you're good to go whenever you want, <laughs> brother. But yeah, listen. Uh, and VJ, we love having you here. We love your hot takes. Uh, they're very elegant. They're very well uh, explained, and uh, we love having you a part of this panel. Uh, so thank you for being here. And of course, before we get out of here, I got to do some self-promoting tomorrow, folks. This is a busy week for Boom. Uh, normally, uh, I, I don't. I like to have a day off to kind of play games, kind of maybe just stretch stretch out the bones a bit. Well, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, and this this is a, comes courtesy of Mrs. Boomstick. Uh, she has been uh, very, an advocate for the community spotlight to come back, and I'm bringing it back thanks to her. Uh, tomorrow uh, is the first one of the year. We're only doing it once per month because it's I, ca I can't stream five days a week. It's just too much. Uh, but tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the community spotlight is coming back in the form of Double Barrel Gaming presents, uh, and I'm going to be sitting down with the Grumpy Gamers podcast from the UK. Uh, it's four panel members. Uh, we're going to be talking about two very specific topics that I wrote for the show, and of course, we're going to get to know them. Uh, and uh, and I'm going to be doing this once a month to try to take what uh, you know uh, I have grown in this community and lift up other podcasts that may may or may not have an audience or trying to build an audience. Uh, and besides having people that have never podcast before on the show, I'm going to try and reach out to smaller uh, podcast content creators and do these, these, Hey, listen, go check them out. Um, and uh, the, the grumpy gamers podcast is the first one of 2022. Again, it's going to be done once a month because I, I, I just can't stream five days a week. It's just it's literally too much. Uh, and then, of course, Thursday, I'm going to be sitting down with Gaz. And, yes, he is bringing the hashtag sauce with him from Game On Daily on this week's new episode of XVlog Live. That is my one-on-one -on -one, uh, 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 show that I do. And, of course, you know, I've had Jeff Grubb on. I've had Randall Thor. I've had Jess Corden. I had King David a couple of weeks ago. I've also had Miles Dompierre. I have a few uh, after 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 uh, Gaz. We also have Asa joining us in a couple of weeks as well as the following week will be Ains from Game On um, Game On Daily um, from uh, I, I, I always forget Season Gaming Season <laughs> Gaming. Thank you for the love of Joe. What a terrible host I am. So yeah, Ains is going to be joining me uh, next week next Thursday from Season Gaming, and obviously we all love uh, what he does over there. And on Friday morning, folks, we'll be having. Back to Breakfast with Boom, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we'll be talking about the Tomb Raider announcement using Unreal Engine 5. And, folks, I'm sorry to say I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, poking at this bear. I think the next Tomb Raider is going to be an Xbox exclusive. But I'll break down on Friday why I believe that is. We'll see. We'll see if that comes to fruition. I think Crystal, Crystal D is going to be first party, if not already first party. But, listen, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I want to close out the show with something, folks, that is important to me. Hopefully one day be important to you. That's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And he said, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules. And I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. 
and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast.